Welcome to Kafaro Cast, everyone. It's Thursday afternoon, and we actually do have, we say special guest all the time, but this truly is actually a special guest. Um, I got Frank across from me, What's and up? we have the great Donald Trump Jr. Uh, on the mic. What's going on, man? What's happening, man? I, I appreciate that. Great. I don't hear that all that often, so it's uh, it's nice. You just got to look in the right spots. There's there's spots that you are going to be great, and there's other spots that I'm finding you are not going to be great, and that's just <laughs> the position you're in. Yeah, but let's say significantly less than great in some of those spots, and you know that's hey, you can move. It's why I live in Florida now. Yeah, there there you go. Uh, kind of an interesting story how how uh, you and I started talking. Um, you actually messaged me about trad veins, and I saw. Uh, you know, and I already followed you or, you know, whatever, I, obviously, uh, I was a fan of your dad's, followed you, and you, uh, I think you shot a message to me and said, hey, uh, what do you know about trad veins? And I said, well, I, I kind of invented them, man, what's up? And I thought, no fucking way is this guy asking me about trad veins. And then uh, I did a quick Google, and I and I knew you hunted, obviously, and uh, you were like, man, I was in a tournament, and I think you about lost or something, it was rainy, and I was like, and then you kind of gave back your specs to me and what your setup was. And I was like, holy shit, this guy actually knows what he's doing. This is crazy. And uh, it kind of went, went from there. So you, how long have you shot traditional archery? Uh, quite a while. I mean, I, I started basically, I, I took a year off from college uh, r- right after I graduated college, uh, moved out West, worked in a bar, uh, you know, mostly to hunt and fish during the day. So I could do all of that fly fishing, you know, hunting, got into there was a guy out there, ran a bow shop, got me into trad, got, you know, a Bob Lee. You know, this is back, you know, two th- year 2000, basically. Uh, you know, taught me some of the basics, and then I was self-taught. I mean, I made every mistake there was. It took me seven years to get proficient, because I just didn't have enough sort of coaching to sort of... The, the information that's out there now is so much better. You know, when you got, you know, Masters of the Barebow, it's like, oh, wow, if I would have watched that, I could have figured this out. <laughs> but I spent seven years doing it, but in the end, it actually be... It was a good thing. Uh, you, you just you, you can be so much more in tune with what you're doing wrong when you've made every mistake imaginable. Uh, you know, so I got into it for a while, and yeah, I actually I won that tournament, but it, it was close, and I was getting really bad arrow flight because it was just pouring down, and that's when I was like, I need an alternative. Uh, and uh, but I only I won by like two points, and you know, prior I was sort of my local club champion at this place for you know seven years running. It was the only time I wasn't shooting all that well, and it was the rain and a disaster, and. Yeah, that, that's what spurred the initial uh, the initial call. Yeah, no, it was cool, and I mean, obviously, I was excited. I was like, "Holy shit, I'm important now." He uh, he asked me a question, <laughs> you know, like little me. Uh, but yeah, I, you, um, there's a couple times. It's kind of funny how the world works, and obviously, um, I don't want to uh, dive into the crazy political scene we are now at four dollars and twenty cents a fucking gallon for gas. But you, yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we obviously. Who your dad is, your your you know your your kind of your history. I don't think people realize there's a few times I've um, you know defended uh, you, you on on different forums and and I'm not saying this to you know pump your tires and kiss your ass, but guys are like, oh fucking guy hunts nothing but high fence. He d- typical, and I'm like, actually, I can tell you firsthand, he knows what he's doing. And they're like, really, why? And I'm like, well, I'm not best friends with the dude, but he has asked me very technical questions where I know he knows what he's doing and he's quite uh, an outdoorsman and you spend a ton of time especially with your schedule both fishing and hunting and it's been like that for most of your life it looks like I mean how, how kind of has that when did it start and obviously I know you've been on sheep hunts and all kinds of crap so 
Yeah, no, I do it all. I mean, that's sort of, you know, I'm probably a sheep hunter first and foremost. So, you know, that's what I choose to do on my vacations. I don't, you know, I don't go sit on the beach in, you know, a resort. I, I strap on a pack and I go in the woods. Uh, so, yeah, no, but I, I mean, I get, I'm used to that, right? It, it happens that way in all of life, right? Uh, they say this, that, another about you. I mean, I get it a lot with shooting and stuff like that as well. Like, I, you know, I was a ranked, you know, long-range shooter and a high-power shooter and stuff like that. So you have... You know, the online keyboard warriors, they love jumping in on that, and it's, it's pretty funny. They'll jump in and talk smack online and whatever, and I've had guys that are, like, literal national champions jump in and be like, yeah, dude, I, I shoot with Don. Like, you, you don't want to play that game. Like, you're, you're going to lose, I promise. Like, but, you know, they can't help themselves. That's the environment. I get it. It's cool. Uh, God knows I talk enough shit myself, so I'm perfectly <laughs> capable of taking it, and it doesn't really, you know, I, I guess I have a, a thick skin when it comes to that stuff, so it doesn't really bother me at all. I'm sort of used to it. I couldn't function in the world that we live in today. Uh, I wouldn't be active in politics like I am today if I gave a crap what anyone else thought. Yeah, you're right. I think on my end, like I don't, uh, I've gotten, I don't need as thick a skin as you. Yours is like, uh, you know, whatever, like three feet of titanium. But I laugh at it because I'm like, okay, we have a guy. Um, you know, obviously someone, I mean, what, what better, you know, spokesman could you ask for than the, the president's son uh, speaking out, um, you know, pro Second Amendment, uh, pro hunting, pro bow hunting, and actually know what you're doing. Like, uh, you know, what it, what did, uh, what did Biden call an AR-16? AR-14. AR-14, right? Yeah, like, AR-14 AR with the fully semi-automatic clip. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, these people are morons. <laughs> yeah, but that's the problem. Like, and, and that's what it is. I mean, they'd go after me. It's like, Dude, you realize, like, I gain nothing by being, you know, vocal about being a hunter. I'm, I'm a real estate developer from New York City originally. I mean, that, that doesn't help you there. But I believe in the stuff. I do it passionately. And, like, if I'm, you know, it's one thing. If, you're, if you make your living in the outdoors and that's what you do and you're an advocate, hey, that's one thing. Fine. You're, you're probably not burning any bridges. You know, you're, you're catering to your audience. Like, for me, you know, people put out photos online a long time ago. And rather than do the usual, you know, let's call it sort of celebrity, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'll never do that again. I was like, here, guys, screw you. Like, here are the facts. These are what hunters do. These are what they pay for. Here's how conservation works. This is a North American model that I believe in, and this is what's allowed the fauna and flora to thrive here uh, and fail elsewhere, and, you know, yada, 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 rather than the, you know, this sort of fake apology, go, you know, crawl into a you know, ball and die. Uh, not really my style. And so, Again, I had nothing to gain from it, but I am principled about it. I do do this stuff a lot. When people are like, well, you only hunt high fence, it's like, well, you only see one or two pictures that I post a year of hunting because it's not worth posting everything that I do. Uh, if I do and they have photo content, they just use it against hunting, and I have a bit of a responsibility to sort of, you know, represent and fight sort of the good fight while not adding fuel to the fire on the anti-side, uh, you know, and giving them things, platforms to raise money on. I mean, some of the crazy anti-2A organizations, I mean, they literally use me to try to raise money uh, against the Second Amendment, you know? And remember, you said it, Biden, right? He's going to be really moderate on the Second Amendment. How's that working out? Look at who he's putting up for, uh, you know, the ATF uh, or, or the AFT, as he likes to call it. Um, <laughs> you know, but these are true, you know, because, well, he can't remember, so I, you know, I feel bad for him. But whoever is controlling him, you know, they're putting some serious anti-2A guys in there. Uh, they're going to attack those things aggressively. Um, he's not going to be a moderate, despite what you were told on the media, and you know that because you see how he's handled Russia. You see how he's handling China. You see what he's done with energy prices and the American jobs associated therewith and our energy independence. You know, you see what's going on at the border. You know, it doesn't look like these are moderate policies. Uh, but, 
you know, the media in their role as the marketing arm of the Democrat Party, uh, you know, they won't tell you that. But I think people are starting to see it for themselves. All they have to do is go to the gas station or the supermarket to realize uh, inflation's kicking in, uh, in the words of someone else who's really smart, bigly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It, it's funny. Uh, rewind, like this is way, way off the subject, but we're talking about the AFT and AR-14s. Uh, back in the day, I was, I was working in, in Washington, very liberal state, and at Whidbey Island, and I was doing commercial glass buildings. And, you know, I, at that time, Bush was in office. And anybody's house, you know, I had to be quiet, obviously working. They were, they were constantly talking, Bosnians, or how stupid Bush was and how... Um, basically the country was going to fall apart because he wasn't intelligent. And now it is weird how all of a sudden it's okay that, um, a, a guy can't remember his own name and, and falls down steps and AFT. And I, I could, there's a list, like my buddies have a compilation of, of certain things that he said, and it's amazing how, yeah, you say it best. And, and, uh, again, they can shift what people want to see, what they want people to see, very easily stating he is the smartest president we've ever had is a a a a, a pretty big fucking stretch, right? Like, uh, you know, Obama was pretty smart, I, I'd right? Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I'd say like maybe the biggest stretch in the history of stretches. I mean, but that's the reality. You see it. You know, George Bush for eight years of a presidency, we were told he was the dumbest human being alive. Not just politician alive, not just president in our history. We were told he was the dumbest ever by the media. But now he'll say, well. Yeah, sure, you can have a conservative president who's anti-gun, who's pro-choice, who's pro I mean, like, no, that's a Democrat. And they're like, look at George Bush. He's so wonderful. He's great. He's like, well, because he, he's, he's basically giving you leftist talking points. So now the person that you spent eight years calling the stupidest human being alive, now he's a brilliant and wonderful <laughs> politician. I mean, it, it's so pathetic. And you see it every day. And again, I guess the difference between me, because it's you know, sort of like defending hunting, It'd be easier to just be like quiet on politics and hey, my dad does this. I'm a real estate guy. Whatever it is, stay quiet. But like, honestly, I believe in this stuff. I believe in this shit. Like, I gotta fight for it. I can't just let it go. And the reality is, there's not enough people in conservatism who are actually willing to fight. You know, they'll tell you what you want to hear. They, we have plenty of those guys. Uh, but when it actually comes down to it, they roll over. They're worried about someone writing a mean article about them. I couldn't care less. Uh, and so, you know, I get engaged and I, I fight. No, I, I appreciate it. And, and I mean, uh, as, as well as Frank, obviously. And, you know, I, I kind of stand on the outside looking in, pay attention for a while, see what's what, and then chime in when, when applicable. And one of the strangest things that, that probably happened to me last year as far as political, because I don't dive in, um, you know, head first, and I, I, I don't want to get kicked off uh, uh, Instagram, obviously, for, for making some stupid post. So I try to keep it mid-road. I had a, a Trump 2020 hat on. Uh, I think I even sent you a picture. I, I had an dad on my back. I didn't make a political post. I just had a photo wearing the hat. We had to delete a post off of Kafaro Insiders because people were going ham on me ab about it. And I had people, I'm going to sell my Kafaro pack. And I'm like, well, what, are you going to go buy a pack from another company that voted for Trump? I'm like, I just wore a hat, yeah. people. Like, Jesus Christ. Well, uh, above and beyond that, I had messaged you a few times to make sure I had certain facts straight about what your father had done for conservation and things that the media has hidden. Uh, in my opinion, I dug for some of this stuff, and they did a very good job. And can you list some of the things that you had told me about before as far as, you know, they were like, oh, 
you know, basically your dad is selling off, you know, millions of acres and things like that. And I found that a lot of that was not true. And your dad had done far more than what the media was, was letting on. Well, I think he added more, you know, what would be, you know, huntable public land than any president since Roosevelt. You had the American Outdoorsman Act. You had all, all, all of those sorts of things. Again, you know, totally hidden. They say, well, change the status of the Bears Ear Monument. Yeah, like, that's what the people in Utah wanted. Like, you basically, so many of these people, and they do it under the guise of environmentalism. It's like, they're, they're not conservationists. They're preservationists. You know, they don't want you even walking on the land, let alone hunting it. You know, you have plenty of organizations that claim to be, you know, big hunters, and they're advocating heavily for public land, but, like, you know, they're flying into landlocked public land on their buddies' helicopters and calling it public land, but, you know, not really fighting to make sure that other people get access to that land. Like, there's so much BS, uh, you know, out there. There's people that have, you know, great sort of marketing names and all this stuff, and it sounds like they're doing good, but when you realize that they're literally just shills, you know, you see some of the bigger podcasts, you see some of the bigger... Uh, you know, organizations out there, like, they'd be okay giving up on the Second Amendment. They're like, well, you know, if you give me a single-shot Ruger, that's all I want. Everything else you can just get rid of. And, like, the reality is, you know, I think the hunters on the 2A community, whether it's bow hunters or not, and we have this problem in bow hunting, too, you know, they need to get together a little bit more and realize that, hey, you, you guys agree on most things. You know, the guys messaging you about their Kafaro pack and they'll never do it again, there's a solid chance they were never even customers. They just look and they sit there and they troll and they try to influence that way because that's what the left does. Sort of to my point of, you know, we can't as conservatives just be the live and let live guys we'd like to be because we've been live and let live for half a century and all they've done is gain ground and take over every institutional imagining, brainwashing our children on the up. Uh, so we do need to be active. We do need to call out the nonsense. And, and we have to inform ourselves, not just take things for face value, because the, the misinformation that's out there is, you know, pretty incredible. So, you know, again, the biggest one being, you know, opening up the public land, opening up some refuge areas that, you know, for hunting, making sure that that's accessible, you know, not just doing it, uh, you know, in, in areas where there's already plenty of public land or a lot, but in areas where there isn't to make sure, you know, I, I know, I mean, I got lucky to get into the outdoors, but you know, if I didn't have certain access to things and I had to drive six hours, well, you know, you're taking up golf and you're not taking up hunting. Uh, same thing applies with the Second Amendment. If you don't get into shooting early, it's a little bit intimidating. You get in by yourself later. You need a mentor. Uh, you know, we need a band together. Uh, I guess my commentary on archery with this one would be, you know, you see a lot of that. I mean, you know, the, the trad guys hate the compound guys and they're fighting about different seasons and then everyone hates the crossbow guys. I'm sort of like, you know what, like let people hunt. They'll start doing it. Like, I, you know, I started one way. I sort of started as a kid just with a little trad bow with my grandfather and then evolved into compounds, got back into trad. Now I sort of do it all. Uh, and, and I think we got to sort of encourage and understand when we agree on probably 99% of things, we got to take that as a win and not spend our hard-earned dollars fighting each other, uh, but fighting a real enemy, not a fictitious one. And while you're talking about real enemies and, and not fictitious, fictitious uh, ones, you know, without doing major name dropping, which is going to be difficult, what are some of your views on some of the anti-Second Amendment, anti-predator hunting uh, monetary backers of uh, some of the current outdoor companies um, going on right now? Uh, it's kind of a big shtick for me because, yes, I, I understand that they are a hunting company, and they kind of sold it on, well, how, how cool is it that we're taking money from an anti-Second Amendment um, sort of financial backer when I'm like, yeah, well, you're still making money for the guy. And they're anti-Second Amendment. Yeah. They're anti-predator yeah, hunting. Me. They're not giving them money because they like hunting. They're giving them <laughs> money because they're making more money, and then they're funneling it back against us. But, you know, 
those guys would give up on the Second Amendment in a second. Those guys would give yeah, well, you know, they spend more time worrying about mustache wax and which IPA they're going to be drinking uh, than actually hunting. You know, those are the guys that criticize me, but I guarantee you that 99.9% of them, there's probably not a discipline in the outdoors where I wouldn't destroy them. Uh, whether it's archery, whether it's shotgun, whether it's rifle shooting, you, know, you, you name it, fly fishing, uh, you know, I've seen it all. But, you know, they sort of like the idea of thinking of themselves as hunters, but they don't actually do it. Uh, they like talking about it. They're really good at that. Um, you know, so there's, there's so many of them. And when you see that, you, you start to wonder, like, why would we as hunters give business to those guys? I mean, I literally, you know, with a couple of buddies, you know, a former game warden, a you know, former SEAL, we, we started this thing called, you know, the Field Ethos Journal, uh, you know, online publication that now will eventually do a printing because we were sitting there sort of joking around, like, there's not sort of a unabashedly masculine, like, hunting thing out there, which is, like, accepting of everyone, welcoming to all, but, like, non-woke BS, like, it's hard to believe, like, I cannot name a sort of major hunting brand or institution that hasn't gone, like, sort of woke, um, and it's, like, crazy, like, is it, cause I, like, I don't know anyone in that world that isn't sort of, uh, let's call it non-woke, and that, you know, th- there's no one actually catering to that demographic, it's sort of amazing, so, you know, we, we started this thing called Field of those Journal, and just sort of have some fun, and, you know, we poke some fun at the nonsense on the other side. And, again, make no mistake, Aaron, like, I'm 100% welcoming of, like, you know, the hipster hunter crowd. I think we need it. I think we need volume. I think we need more people out there. I think we need people buying licenses. I think we need voices saying that this is okay. But, like, the problem is so many of them are just like, well, I just want to do this aspect of it. You can ban the hell out of everything else. This is a tradition that we don't like anymore, even though it's, you know, a 150-year-old tradition, whether it's the hound hunting thing or what, you know, uh, if they're, you know, the predator hunting or the, you know, anything. Eventually, you know they'll sell out on that. If they're willing to sell out on the fact that, you know, you, you can't have an AR-15 or you don't need one, we're okay, uh, you know, supporting and making money for guys that are against that, what are they going to fold on next? Because I imagine it will be everything. Well, and, and that's one thing that I've gotten into pretty decent disputes with guys where, uh, and the BHA pops up on this quite frequently and, and they are, you know, pro public land and they stay away from everything else. And I'm like, okay, well, but, if- they, but they don't, all they do is fund Democrats. Like that's literally all they do. It's to me, it, it sounded great. And I'm a lifetime member. I joined it because, you know, the marketing sounded really great. But when you actually look at what they do, it's literally just a funding arm of the Democrat party at this point. Like that, nothing more, nothing less. And that's fine. We got to be welcoming to all, but like, People have to know that because I think when people dig in, I don't think they realize how bad it actually is. Well, and, and that's what I would say, what, probably, what, a year ago, Frank, we started really digging in. We, we actually had uh, Lan Tawney and, and Ryan Busey, and I had brought up to Ryan, I said, man, I know you have fake anti-Trump um, hate pages uh, of your own. He got super defensive of that, and I'm like, well, look, all, all I'm saying is one of the things was, okay, I, I understand you are not for us being self-reliant um, on energy and, and land brought up, well, Trump said, uh, uh, superpower or something. And I'm like, well, man, we're getting it from somewhere. So are you basically saying we're okay to destroy other parts of the world, but not our own to become uh, self-sufficient? Um, it was an awkward conversation. And then what's really kind of a kick in the dick is, um, you know, uh, Ryan spent 20 some years of his life making money as living from a gun company and just wrote an anti second amendment book basically, which people are okay with that are outdoorsmen. And it's, it's kind of weird. And then I made a comment the other day, uh, 
uh, on a post about it, kind of uh, somebody said, what's the strangest thing you've seen in the outdoor community? And I said, uh, I didn't mention his name. I said, a guy making his living working for a gun company and then writing an anti-Second Amendment book. And a, a guy got on there and called me fascist and racist because of my comment. And I'm like, obviously, what the because fuck? they have nothing else. <laughs> yeah, like, but, but you're right. But now the whole premise of the book, you know, there's institutional racism in the gun industry. It's like, well, you worked in it for 25 years. What did you do about it? What did you like? I'd like to know. I'm curious when the book comes out, I'd like to ask, you know, how many, you know, what, let's say minorities did, did he hire in his 25 year career? Because I'm told it's none, um, you know, minor details. But again, you have people that will go out there and they'll play to the woke crowd and, you know, they're, they're, so, they're so reformed, but you did it for 25 years. You didn't, have a, you didn't seem to have a problem with it until you figured out a way to capitalize on it. And that's the reality. It's much easier to be woke and cater to those crowds because you won't get hit on social media. You'll get artificial boosting instead of artificial suppression. Uh, you know, you'll get newspapers to write it all up, and they'll have you on. Oh, someone willing to talk bad about, you know, the gun industry. Perfect. This is exactly, like, he's a useful idiot to them. If he changed his mind he'd be back to being persona non grata. But, you know, th this is the kind of stuff that people have to figure out and, and really understand. Um, but, you know, oftentimes they won't, and so you're able to pick off those, you know, sort of low-information people who are, you know, I get it, they're busy. You know, they're trying to feed their families. They don't have time to do all the research. Um, you know, but they're spoon-fed a narrative that's usually total crap. Yeah. Well, and on that, that's where I would say that, that my biggest message is, hey, do your research, dig. And, and don't dig... It, 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 you know, don't don't go into the yard of who's going to fill you up with the same crap. Like dig in multiple yards, ask multiple people. Um, you know, when I when I say that, when you look at, uh, well, let's talk about hound hunting. A little bit off the subject, the same thing. Probably the best way as far as conservation, because uh, you know, mountain lions uh, they eat ungulates and they yeah. eat lots of them. The easiest way to uh, be able to choose a a mature old mountain lion, for for example is to yep. put it in a tree so you can say, nope, we're not shooting that one, or yes, we are, because they eat on average, what, two and a half uh, to three deer a, a month, um, a, a mature mountain lion. Well, there's not that many deer, and so in the big picture, trying to get a po the point of cross of, yes, killing things is does help conservation. It is it, You are a conservationist by taking an animal out of the gene pool when needed, and most people, when they see a mountain lion that walks across in front of them with a tag in the pocket, they shit their pants and they just shoot it because it's a lion. Female, male, they, they're not really sure where you can specifically target what you want and take the oldest, most mature males out of the gene pool that are killing the most deer. Trying to get that point across is literally like talking to a fucking two-by-four. Like they just don't want yeah. to hear it. But I, I think it actually goes beyond that. And you see a lot of this as it comes to like the wolf stuff and with the cats and it's really not about the wolf or the cat. It's about making sure they can thin the herds. They understand what they do. They understand what happens. And if there's fewer elk, there's fewer people hunting them. People, success rates will go down. People will stop hunting. To me, I think that so much of it is fueled by an anti-hunting sentiment. And they know that if they make it harder for people to hunt by thinning a herd, uh, you know, taking certain things, almost, you know, knock, knocking them down extensively, you don't have to look much further than what's going up with, you know, uh, you know in, in, the, in the north up there, uh, northwest you know, with the wolf and everything like that, it's, it's not about the wolf. To me, I think it's about them thinning herds enough that people aren't successful in hunting to be able to put a stop to hunting in the future. That's what it all reads to me. Uh, you know, that's what I think the end game is. And they do it very well. You know, they don't, they don't get local knowledge. They don't fight these things in the local areas. 
They take everything right to D.C. where they can show a nice picture of a Disney wolf or a Disney cat or a Disney princess uh, in front of a sympathetic uh, judge in Washington, D.C., who's never been in the woods in his life, who doesn't understand local issues, who doesn't understand land management or ranching issues or, or public land issues in the West, and they play on those emotions. Uh, and, and they're able to get a lot done. They've done it very effectively. But you know, notice these things are never fought uh, in, in those areas. It always ends up in D.C. They're, they're you know, venue shopping for a place where they know they can find someone who they can emotionally manipulate, uh, not with real science or facts, uh, but with emotion, and they get it done, and they've been very effective at it. But you know, to me, it's much more nefarious than, than simply uh, what you're saying. I think what you're saying is 100% accurate. I just think they go a lot further than that. Yeah, and I, I would not disagree with that. Frank, you were down uh, town with your girlfriend just at like a local kind of a gathering. And Frank, when you talk about like somebody that had never been in the woods nor seen a wolf wanted you to sign a petition, basically, right? Yeah, I mean, kind of standard deal downtown Denver. It's a it's a more liberal place, but um, there were people asking if we wanted to sign a petition to allow wolves in into Colorado. Um, and I basically you know I just asked him why and what was the benefits and instead of having a conversation they just moved moved along for me and went to the next person yeah. that, that didn't ask questions and I think that's something that's uh, a problem in general in in the country is if you ask questions you're either automatically canceled or attacked or if you want to start a discussion you're a conspiracy theorist so that's it's like we're, we're, we're jumping the steps of, of debate or talking about pros and cons and, and getting an understanding. We're just, uh, if you go against the mainstream ideals, then you're, you're automatically canceled. A hundred percent. I mean, trust me, uh, I, I, I see it every day, whether it's, you know, myself on my social media analytics and stuff like that. And, you know, whether it's other people I know well, it's, you know, it, it's very easy to be woke one way. We're, we're just not in a fair fight. You know, right? you have multi-trillion dollar institutions of like social media and big tech, clearly not, you know, and I'm talking more, you know, well, it's probably the same way with hunting. I mean, when I do hunting stuff, I see what happens to my analytics. Uh, if I do pro 2A stuff, I see what happens to my analytics. And I, you know, I have a big enough base and a big enough following and sort of long enough time on there that, you know, I know what something's going to do before I hit send, uh, before I hit post. I know exactly what it's going to do. And I can see when, when I do those posts, how, how greatly it's affected and what they do. And so, we also got to make the you know we can't make the mistake of assuming that we're in a fair fight and that fact, logic, and reason are going to actually work because they're not. Uh, it, that, that's not enough, unfortunately, uh, because of the way uh, the the table is set against us. You know, I, and when you talk about it, it's kind of strange. Like, and I get it. Frank and I uh, we're a little bit rough around the edges. We just like the podcast. We we don't change anything. We don't we don't take sponsorship money from this. We're just us and. When, when anytime I've gotten into a uh, dispute or an argument, whether it be on social media or anything else, it's, it, it's unique because having a, uh, a literally just a sit down discussion with, with some of these people is truly, uh, impossible. It turns into who can yell the loudest and, and yep. really who can, um, like for, for example, when I, I got called a, a racist and a, a fascist and this is from someone, well, actually it's, it's Giannis Putellis, brother, uh, what the hell is his name? Matang, Matang Putellis. So he's involved with BHA and first slide. I don't know all the, the ins and outs of that, that, that we need to stick up for this book because, um, uh, that, that Busey wrote because of, um, of the fascism and racism in the gun industry. And I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Right. Initially I'm like, 
One, obviously, maybe I'm just a dumb redneck because I don't know what the fuck he's talking about with me. Like, my best friends are Hispanic, Asian, or black. Okay, so how how am I yeah. racist? And then fascism. How the fuck would you play or, or 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 stick me as a fascist? Right? I'm like, what the hell? And I'm yeah. like, you know what that does? People see this, you know, Neanderthal looking dude that's all tattooed up. And him throwing that out there at face value, I'm like, shit, he probably gained some ground with that. And then I had some people message me because we're pretty, we hire, we're very open at Kafaru, right? We, we have, um, we hire everyone here, right? We don't, we don't, we're, we're, whether uh, gay, straight, black, white, doesn't matter, right? We hire everyone here. If you're a yeah. good worker, good person, we hire you. And one of the guys that's that the way met- it's supposed to be. Well, yeah, if, if if your work ethic shines, that's what we care about. We want you to be a good person with, um, you know, moral values. And uh, somebody had messaged me and said, I guess he doesn't realize your your two best employees are lesbian. And I said, no, nope, probably not, right? And I'm like, it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to get on there and make this giant stance of this is what I've done, screw you. I'm not going to defend myself, but I'm like taking a step back, like how many people see that and from his words automatically think that with doing zero research. And that's a small, small split. You know, it's like a snippet compared to all of the other things that they just yell and scream and hope low-hanging fruit people listen in. Well, I mean, only stupid people would actually believe it, but, like, that's the point. That's all they have. You know, the reality is this. Who, Who are the people, like, suppressing speech in America? Not conservatives. You know, not, like... Those are the facts. I mean, if, if you were to look at the old brown coats, I mean, you want to talk about fascism. Like, who's more fascist? The, the people who claim to be Antifa, but they're burning down buildings and they're you know, beating up people in the streets who don't have their beliefs and don't share those beliefs? Like, you know, that sounds more like fascism. That doesn't sound at all like anti-fascism. Uh, and yet, because they've just sort of branded themselves that, you know, they pretend that, oh, we, we can be this way. But, I mean, they're the ones literally acting as fascists. I mean, to throw that out there and to accuse someone like that just because they disagree with you on something totally unrelated, I don't know. That sounds like exactly what the fascists did historically. But they don't want to talk about history because history is not convenient for that, right? They talk about the narrative. And, again, they have a mainstream media. They have uh, social media that will boost, you know, them and give them sort of the pass on the bullshit. Uh, and, and they keep going. So they hope that if they call you out, and I bet it's worked before. I'm sure they've called plenty of people fascists. And yet, I bet a bunch of them run into their corner and they roll up in a ball and die and say, oh, no, no, I'm not. I'll never have this conversation again. I'm so sorry. You know, I mean, that's their game. It's literally fear-mongering. It's not about truth. It's not about anything. It's about bullying someone who doesn't agree with you into submission. And in the world that we've created right now, it's, it's pretty effective. Um, and you know, so that's their tactic, but it's nothing more and it's nothing based on reality. Yeah. And, and, you know, and on, on that, I will say, you know, try, I can't say he directly said Aaron's a racist and a fascist. When I made that post, he said that I was promoting racism, fascism by promoting the gun industry or something to that nature. And I'm like, yeah, but the same but, thing, but right? it's, it's, it's all, you know, it, it's all like dog whistles, right? It's like, it's subtle, like maybe he's not saying it exactly, but he's not exactly not saying it either, and he gets sort of partial credit. I mean, those people are, you know, honestly, they're just, they're, they're weaklings and they're trying to be bullies, uh, you know, taking advantage of something. I mean, I think, you know, when they throw racism around, I'm not saying it's not a real thing in this country or, or a real thing around the globe, but when they throw it around as the answer to everything they don't have an actual answer for, that the facts don't seem to work for them, 
and they use it, they actually do a major disservice to those who are actually affected by racism. Uh, you know, when, when people hear it today, these days, when everything's racist, they don't disagree with you. Know, yeah, well, let's talk about finance. No, that's racist. Mathematics, you know, that mathematics and science are racist. Um, when they do that, when you actually have real racism, people sort of hear it and they roll their eyes and assume it's all nonsense again. Uh, you know, and that's what they've done. It is a major disservice to those who are actually affected. But it's not 99% of the people or 99% of the problems. It's not the answer to it because it usually has nothing to do with it. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Um, and it, yeah, it, it's a strange world we're living in, uh, you know, currently, because obviously I, I, you know, try not to watch the news too much because I want to slip my wrist. But I mean, I watch it uh, enough to stay, uh, you know, up to date, right? And I, I'm looking at this and plywood is 90 bucks a sheet. Um, gas is anywhere from on the low end of wherever you're at 289 where it was a dollar 89 before and it's up to four dollars and yep. something uh, a fucking banana is three times more than it used to be and i can go on and on and it's like biden's doing great hey man I, I, i'm an i'm an elitist if i get a piece of plywood and, and shoot ammo into it these days because all of those things are you know commodities <laughs> only for the rich these days i mean you know if I put up a piece of plywood to be a target backing, you know, and, and I shoot a couple rounds of ammo, it's like, man, you're, I, I, I'm an elitist. Well, uh, I, did, you know. did you see the Fast and the Furious 19 meme where they're diving onto a, a semi-truck full of plywood? That was the new uh, Fast and the Furious. They were, that's they were that's just, pretty epic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I and, haven't yet, and as someone who plays a lot with me, I'm sort of surprised, but I'm sure I'll get around <laughs> to it soon enough. Well, it's like, uh, I, I, I get it. Right. I mean, people, you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to push the narrative you want to, but it's like the everyday average Joe that let's say doesn't pay attention to politics as much is okay. Now I can't even fill my tank up before I hit the hundred dollar limit in my truck. Uh, I didn't have that problem for the last four years. Correct. And, and listen, all I like, it, but I wish people would have at least some intellectual honesty. Right. And you see that you see this in the last few weeks, you've seen so much of it. Like, you know, the Wuhan lab leak, right? Like, remember, like, six weeks ago, like, if you said, like, hey, man, it's pretty plausible that it came from the lab that studies the virus that afflicted the world, no way. It came from three feet outside of the building because someone ate a bat. Like, come on. Like, when was the Wuhan lab leak theory not at least a plausible response? When was it? You know, now it's like, oh, of course. Yeah, well, and now scientists are coming out. Well, listen, we told you for 18 months to follow the science. Turns out a lot of it wasn't right, but now they're saying, well, yeah, we knew the Wuhan lab leak theory was real, but, like, we just didn't want to side with Trump. Like, I don't remember that's how science worked. It's certainly not how science worked when I took science or bio or <laughs> physics or any of those things. Like, it didn't work that way. You didn't have a fact set that changed based on the perception of the media and political alliances. So, you know, Trump was right about that and, and other things, and it's coming out now after they've been able to weaponize fake science or at least ignore what they all knew um, to achieve a political gain. I mean, it's, it's truly sickness. I mean, it's, it's pretty scary, and it's going to be really scary the next time there's a real issue and people are saying, yeah, I'm just not trusting the science because last time they were full of shit. I was just going to say, and what's really scary is this is not like a bro science, uh, you know, Donald Trump Jr. hates Biden and he's making this shit up on Kafaro cast uh, when like the uh, Fauci uh, emails got leaked. Yeah, 
it what would have, what what would have happened and you know I don't want to turn this in I mean I don't want to get a ton of hate mail whatever but I I'm going to get it anyway what would have happened if that was under your dad's watch would it have been swept under the carpet yeah, well, like it's or, trying to get now or if they thought Fauci was pro Trump they would have been calling for his resignation on day number 1 listen let's be honest it doesn't seem like Fauci was right about much it certainly seems like people were pointing him in the right direction and he ignored that because he really liked being a celebrity he really liked being on TV and being, you know, the guy never met a camera he didn't love, right? Let's not kid ourselves. And so the way for him to effectuate that was not by actually following the science, but by giving the left what they wanted, which was, you know, trying to do this, trying to be the bet this, he's going to be all about the science, Trump is, guess what? Seems like Trump was right because it was common sense all along. But if you were like me or a bunch of other people and you said that, like, Hey man, like, don't you think we should look at this? Like, you know, don't you think that it's at least plausible that it came from the lab? Like that there's a leak, you know? Then they say, well, Fauci, you know, ignored Trump's thing to stop funding the lab for the gain of, you know, function stuff. And like, I mean, imagine someone did that to Obama. They they'd run him down in the streets. You know, that guy would never be able to work again. This guy's a hero. But, like, if you look at actually what he was right about, it's like nothing. This guy was the biggest, like, it's, it's literally almost like my four-year-old kid when they were four years old, like, before they took even a little science, because that four-year-old is now seven, right? But, like, I feel like they could have done a better job than Fauci, because, like, if you're guessing, at least you're probably going to end up being right about 50% of the time. It doesn't seem like he was right about anything. <laughs> Well, and what's a li- what's scary to me, and and I know we're going to get a ton of comments on this or whatever, but coming from a, uh, you know, just a general, uh, you know, small business, um, you know, outdoorsman, live in Denver, uh, the the mask, the giant pandemic, the crisis, the shutting of the businesses down, um, you know, the the flattening the curve and everything else, or the curve. I'm like, okay. Um, we have, uh, diabetes, cancer, uh, you know, overweight, you know, we have all these things, car crashes, you can list Narcotics. a million different, what's that? Pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Pharmaceuticals. <laughs> all these different things that kill far more exponentially more than, than COVID. Um, and I got COVID. I would pick the COVID far more than the flu. Personally, the flu sucks. COVID wasn't that bad. I get it. It did. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't real, but was the flattening of the curve and destroying the economy, uh, was that far worse than letting it ride, so to speak? And, and I'm not making a decision, but... Yeah, I, and I don't know either, but like, I, I'll say this, it seems like, I mean, Fauci in his own emails, well, we know the mask isn't really going to help something, but it was more about optics. I'm like, so optics are science now? I, I, I wasn't aware. You know, but, but don't forget that fear-mongering, right? Children under 20, people under 20, 99.997% survival rate, I believe. Now, the .003, I imagine, have some serious comorbidities, like, you know, obesity, diabetes, whatever it may be. I'm, again, I'm not saying it's not terrible. I'm not saying this. But, like, the teachers' union shut down schools for that forever. Uh, you know, they didn't, remember, they didn't want to work in person. But they also then didn't want to work remotely. But they definitely still wanted to get paid, Aaron. I mean, you know... This is the kind of nonsense that you see going on. You can't find people to work because the government's paying them to sit on their couch. When and it, I'm not saying it's not real either. There are definitely people who are you know, greatly affected by it. But you know, whether you talk about the statistics, if someone got hit by a bus but also had COVID, the cause of death was not the bus that hit them. It was COVID. Well, you know, 
We had you, you had seventy five thousand flu deaths on average for the last few years. You know, this year you had like we were like fifteen hundred. Like, stop. Yeah. Like, stop. You know what I mean? Like, it's nonsense. I brought this up at a get together, which I probably was not the favorite person at this get together because of it, because there was definitely a lot of pro COVID people. I said, okay, if you walk into a movie theater uh, six months ago and three people out of 50 had masks on uh, or did not have masks on, those three would be chastised, okay? Like, uh, you know, horribly chastised, you know? Okay, so let's walk into that theater and you've got three people that have overfed their kid. They've got an eight-year-old kid that weighs 250 pounds that is it just is going to have physical issues the rest of his life because of obesity. Nothing is said, and if you bring that up, you're a fucking asshole, and, you, and you're a bullier. You're and you're, fat-shaming, Aaron. You're a terrible human being because, you know, the fact that he may die of a heart attack next month at 14 is, is nothing because you're fat-shaming. we got to accept that. That's beautiful. And, it's well, beautiful. That's, they were that, told that that's healthy now. Because yeah. if you're skinny, that's terrible because not everyone can be skinny. I mean, but that's the logic that these guys are trying to put. And, and that's what I'm saying, sort of, there's no intellectual honesty to the arguments. It's ridiculous. You know, obesity is a far bigger pandemic uh, you know, than COVID was for the average person in America, right? Like, it's, it's a much bigger deal. The comorbidities around that. But we, you literally can't even talk about it. But if everyone in America got in shape, imagine the lives that would be saved that, because they wouldn't be lost to things like diabetes or heart disease or you name it, uh, you'd be better off. But you can't even, you can't even say it today. Even though it's literally so obvious um, and, and clear, it's it's just ridiculous. Well, and that and that was kind of my point. Was like, hey, look, guys, I'm not. This is a this, this is just a conversation we're having. I'm not. I'm not irritated. You should not be. This is a general common sense conversation we're having. Uh, and and I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a fat kid at heart, right? I've, I've I used to be a fat kid, lost a bunch of weight. I get it, you know. And I, all I'm saying is like, you live a better life when you're healthier. Uh, insurance would probably go down exponentially. Uh, you know, when I'm saying insurance, meaning a lot of people overweight, you know, go in, I get it right. It's, it's, it's hard not to stuff your face. I understand. My point was just face value. Far more people die of obesity or obesity related, uh, issues. And I brought this up when I was on the Rogan podcast and I got a shit ton of hate mail. So you're saying COVID's not real. And I'm like, no. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm saying no, it's blown out of fucking proportion. Real. Yeah, I'm just saying. And by the way, it's, ter- it's terrible. If you're 90 with a bunch of comorbidities, like, it's really scary shit. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you're, if you're seven without them, like, you're literally better off probably getting COVID over the flu. Uh, you know, and I'm just playing the statistics. But, like, that's reality. Uh, you, you, you can't – but, again – Reality doesn't matter anymore, Aaron. You know, and and, and I'm sure you've seen that. You know, I, trust me, I get the hate mail. What, what, what's unique about me is I just don't care. Well, and I get a kick out of it because you know my wife and I read it and we laugh or whatever about what it is. But it, where, where I'm like looking at it, it's like just common sense. Like COVID is real. I don't want anybody to message me saying it's not. COVID definitely affected lots of family. I'm not saying that. It, it definitely there was a lot of mortality. People died. I get it. What I'm saying is take that percentage and go to, uh, you know, cancer, go to obesity. Yeah, f- you know, far skewed, right? Way more. But nobody gives a shit about that. And I'm like, well, nobody's talking about free fitness fucking programs, right? Nobody's talking about that. But we crushed the entire economy for COVID 
But you can walk in at 480 fucking pounds and order six cheeseburgers and no say, nobody say anything. And I'm like, man, there's a lot of other problems we need to be focusing on other than just COVID. And COVID crushed the economy. So it's, it's weird from a knuckle-dragging redneck perspective of like, man, there sure is a lot of other problems we should be working on too. And, and I did. I got COVID. I, I guided through the whole thing. Yeah, yep. I had some aches and pains. I had some hot flashes, whatever you want to call them. And then, boom, 14 days I was got done you're not going to be obese for 14 days. You're going to be obese through your whole life, right? Like that, that's kind of my yeah. point. Was well, like, that's what, I mean, <laughs> my, my, I think my point is that we've been living in a pandemic for years, which is, you know, obesity, the general lack of health. I mean, you see it every day now. The more and more kids just sit on a couch. That's what, I mean, it's one of the reasons I've been such a big advocate for the outdoors. You know, if I can get a kid off the couch and into the woods and away from a video game and doing stuff like that, like I'm doing them a favor for life. Uh, and you know, it, it's a big part of why I push that. It's, you know, it's why I'm so apt, you know, it's so important for me to get my kids outdoors and doing these sorts of things. And, uh, you know, I don't want them just to be, you know, kids that grew up in New York city. And, you know, you know, my son's been all over the world with me, honey. The other ones are, you know, are getting the age where they can start doing that kind of stuff. And, uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's awesome. And, you know, and again, if I can get them off the couch, I'm doing them a major, major, major favor. Uh, but it's not the way our society operates or thinks anymore. Right. It's just different. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can uh, make some changes as time goes on. All of us, like you said, rowing, uh, you know, rowing the boat in the same direction. And, and don't get me wrong. There's some turd nuggets in the in the industry that, you know, aren't aren't helping. They're shooting holes in the bottom of the boat. But for the most part, everybody rowing the boat the same way. And you brought it up earlier, which I, I do. Um, you know, I don't bear hunt, so I don't care if they, you know, they, they make bear hunting illegal or bear baiting or or hounds. Well, you like deer hunting and they eat those things, right? Mountain lions eat deer. Well, they forget about that part. They're just like, I don't bear hunt. I don't care. You know, kind of dissecting that, researching it, looking at the bigger picture. A lot of people, you know, forget that. So education, which is one of the reasons I'm, I'm, I'm you know, respect you so much is the education portion of it, getting kids in the outdoors, uh, speaking out against things as much flack as you take. Uh, you know, it's huge. And obviously you have a huge platform to, uh, you know, to do that, which is huge. So I, I do have to say, without being a total leg humper, I am defensive of you when I see somebody bring up something negative because I'm like, only in the U.S. and the hunting community would we blast the living shit out of a guy with an, a giant umbrella that, that makes very good points. It's about getting kids in the outdoors. It's about sportsmen and conservation. Would we blast the holy ever living shit out of him when I'm like, hey, this guy is a, it, you know, he's an advocate. Like, he's our friend. What the fuck are you doing? It's strange, and obviously you have to deal with it constantly way more because of your platform. Well, yeah, no, it's, listen, it's different. I've sort of gotten used to it. They just, you know, and I use the example a lot, so it's probably tired at this point. But, like, you know, imagine I did the things that Hunter Biden did. You think you'd hear about it? <laughs> no, no, seriously. Do you, do you think it would be a problem? You know, so it's, you know, I'm used to sort of just flagrant and gross hypocrisy. But, you know, if I was knocking up strippers and hiding from child support and doing these sorts of things, and, you know, taking billions from China and taking millions from the Ukraine. And, you know, you can have, Russia can have an energy pipeline, but, you know, Americans can't, even if it comes with good jobs and energy independence. Like, I mean, if I did one of those things, it would be over. It would literally be over. You know, the Don Lemons of the world, CNN, would do a you know, 36-hour telethon on how terrible I was, I was. You know, if I was dropping the N-word like Hunter is. If, I mean, these would be big deals. When he does it, well, that's not the president. I was like, well, I wasn't the president either. <laughs> you know, like, it, it, 
there is literally no intellectual honesty. It's just, you know, they take their hits where they can. And I guess, you know, what's, what's lucky for me is I just, you know, probably the same with my father, I just inherited that, uh, that thick skin uh, that it doesn't actually bother me. It actually motivates me. Like, their stupidity and their, like, attacks just make me want to get in the game so much more. And, it, you know, it's worked. Yeah. By the way, your meme game is very strong. Uh, your page is hilarious. I copy them frequently. The uh, It puts the jab into its skin or it gets the lockdown again. Uh, <laughs> you know. I sent that one you to know. several people because, you know, on, on my end, you know, I'm not a fan of the vaccine personally. I've had COVID. I've got the antib- antibodies. I've heard some very well, and I say heard. I have researched. There are some very negative things about the vaccine. It's not FDA approved. And I have told people like, yeah, I'm not getting the vaccine unless I absolutely have to. They're like, what do you mean have to? And I'm like, meaning uh, I can't go on a dull sheep hunt unless I get the vaccine. I might start thinking about getting it, but I've already had COVID. I'm a healthy 44-year-old male. I got it once, no problem. And I'm not worried about getting it again. I've had the flu before. I've had all kinds of things before. And I am healthy enough that it's okay. Now, if you're 400 pounds stuffing double cheeseburgers down your throat, you've got gout and other, all other kinds of problems and respiratory issues, yep, you, you might want to stay inside and stay away from whatever. But for me, I'm not worried about it. So why do I have to take a vaccine? I'm good. Well, this vaccine thing yeah. has gone fucking crazy. Uh, you know, as far as what what did he say? You, you're not vaxxed. You're what, what the hell was his saying? Uh, what I, which well, I'm I mean, sure. they're literally trying to turn it into like a caste system. You, you know, you're either in or you're out. You're a different class of citizen if you're not vaccinated. I mean, some of these people, I mean, listen. Doesn't that remind uh, you of being tattooed? I respect people's uh, right to choose. Remember, my body, my choice is used very heavily by, I imagine, the same people who are, you know, demanding that everyone in the world be vaccinated. And, you know, it, again, it only works one way, but, you know, I, I imagine this is a heavy, heavy line of uh, thought that they've used uh, extensively uh, as it relates to other political issues. And, you know, they're they're changing their mind on the vaccine one. It's not not your body, your choice anymore. You must do it. Yeah, the the my body, my choice uh, at their stipulation is kind of crazy. And I don't, uh, you know, it reminds me, you know, honestly, that the tattoos back in the day. Right. You know, during obviously with with Hitler, um, you know, you you were you you had a, a, a number on your arm tattooed. And I'm like, okay, now they have celebrities and these sales pitches on social media of, I got the vaccine, and so should you. And I'm like, holy shit, we've gone to plaid. This is fucking crazy. Like, you should be able to choose if you get the vaccine or not. To me, I get to choose if I get the flu vaccine. It's my body, right? If I want to get the flu, I'll get it, and I'll fight it off naturally. And those things do, obviously this has nothing to do with the outdoors, but it does freak me out because if they have the power to do what they're doing, yeah, yeah, taking our guns away isn't that far of a stretch. And and what the other day he uh, said you're going to need f, what did he say, um, uh, nuclear weapons to take over the gun? I can't remember. It was the most weird shit well, I had it was heard. Basically, to do that, you know, you're going to. I mean, he was basically threat in my the way I interpret it. He was basically threatening, uh, you know, American citizens. But again, you know, who are the people actually acting like fascists? Like, if we're going to be intellectually honest, you know, it's okay to be like, I'm Antifa and you're a fascist and all this stuff, right? Like, who are the people actually acting like fascists? It ain't conservatives. It's, it's the radical left. Like, look at Jon Stewart. He, he did a shtick thing on, like, uh, Colbert uh, the other day. And it was like, he, he did the Wuhan lab theory, you know, which I've been talking about for a year and all that stuff. And, 
And the audience is laughing, because he's like, dude, it's ridiculous. I can't, how did we let this happen? And they're all laughing. Those people would have run you down in the street two weeks ago if you would have said the Wuhan lab theory was plausible. You know, they, there's no, they could flip on a dime. Like, these people, they, they're just sheep at this point. They literally have no, you know, no ability to think for themselves. And it, it feels like that's what they're trying to push people. You know, make them dependent on big government. That's the platform of the left. Uh, give them everything they want that way, and then we'll control them forever. It's it's pretty ridiculous. It's happening before our eyes. Yeah, yeah, it is, and and we're we're letting it happen, which is probably the scariest part. But um, well, yeah, well, not to get off the you know beat the the Biden horse to death. Um, <laughs> what uh for this year with everything you have going on hunting wise, what do you, do you have anything? I know your schedule is crazy, so I'm always curious how the hell you even fit in hunting. Uh, you got anything crazy coming up for this season, or are you going to try anyway with the crazy schedule? Yeah, you know, I'm work. I, I mean, a lot of it sort of depends on what happens with Canada. I don't, I don't even know what, what you know, what, what's going on there. I obviously, you know, I try to get a sheep hunt in every year. Um, you know, I, I have sort of a, a bunch of sort of traditional hunts that I'll do with you know buddies of mine that are just sort of annual traditions. And you know, bow hunt in Colorado, and I'll do an elk, you know, different, you know, for elk, and I'll do different elk hunt up in Montana, and uh, uh, I'll end up with buddies down in Texas doing a bunch of stuff and, and some local things. Um, I know I got to you know stick a blacktail hunt that I did for, you know, SCI as a conservation thing, uh, auctioned myself off. I'm doing that in, uh, you know, uh, in, in November probably and some stuff like that. I mean, the big one would, would have been Canada because that's sort of uh, the one I've been not able to do for two years now, or at least this would be the second year if I can't do it. But, yeah, I guess a lot of it's going to depend. Uh, vaccine status may be a problem and, uh, you know, th- these sorts of things. I just don't know if they're going to open up for it. I mean, they're so... Uh, it, it seems like they're just, you know, uh, following the leftist narrative very heavily on this. So, you know, you could be a very big threat uh, while chasing a doll or stone sheep in <laughs> the uh, middle of nowhere with no one around <laughs> or your northern British Columbia because you're going to be exposed to so many people up there, Aaron. You know, uh, it's it's I don't know, man. No, we're... I, I feel like we're living an episode of South Park, but, uh, you know, so. So we'll see. But, you know, the answer is one way or the other, I'll do a lot. I mean, I, uh, I, I shoot fish or hunt probably every weekend. That's what I do in my free time. So I'll, I'll do a bunch of probably, now that I'm in Florida, I get back into some more of the, you know, competitive rifle stuff that I do. And uh, I'll do a bunch of local stuff here, fishing and, you know, and even simple hunting. But, you know, I, I do that too. And I, I get just as much enjoyment, frankly, from you know, some of the, you know, DIY deer hunts on, you know, my farm in PA or, you know, or upstate New York. And, you know, I, I know I'm not chasing anything massive and it's just, it's just awesome to be out there and, uh, you know, do it yourself. So, you know, I, I like it all. Uh, I'd love to be able to get in a sheep hunt just because, you know, I figure as, as I'm getting older, how, how long do I have my knees? Uh, and I want to get in as many as I possibly can. Um, but, you know, th- this year, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Yeah, we're in the same boat. I have quite a bit of money floating around Canada from last year. And uh, we're hoping to get up for at least a, a mule deer hunt in Alberta. I mean, same thing. We'll see what, what shakes out. I my, I was going to, well, you, I think you've been with the Lancasters before clay uh, and I are super close. Same with Bart. I was supposed to go last year with clay for doll. I want to get a, a doll with my recurve um, this year. Maybe, I don't know that I think it'll be next year by the time this all shakes out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah. strange. Cause, um, um they are crippling uh outfitters in canada with this like crippling um 
And it's not yeah, just. And, and again, the logic behind it is so much nonsense. I mean, you're you're not around, you know, the First Nations people. Like, you know, I I've, I've done, you know, half a dozen sheep hunts up there. Like, I, I've never seen another person. Like, it's uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, a it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, but again, you know, they they won't make an exemption for that, but they will for other things. Just like you know, if you're Amazon, you can keep your business open, but if you have a small business, you have to shut down for 12 months. Like, you know, it's that sort of logic. It. It, there's no actual logic involved. It just seems very arbitrary, uh, you know. But but they don't have a big enough lobbyist, you know, getting paid millions of dollars to fight hard for them as the outfitters, and so they'll get shafted. Yeah, and I, you know, being obviously being close friends with a lot of the the outfitters, much like yourself, it doesn't just affect the outfitters. Uh, you know, it also affects the guides. It affects the local economy. I mean, there's a lot of money that gets brought into Canada from, you know, obviously people from North America, oh, yeah. United States and everywhere else for hunting. And you're, you know, you know, millions of dollars is being, you know, taken away from that. So hopefully, obviously, I don't want my friends to obviously suffer because of, you know, something un- unneeded. I mean, obviously, it's selfish. I also want to go hang out with them and hunt up there. But, you know, looking at it, I'm like, good Lord. I mean, this could crush thousands of people by something that's relatively you know stupid because like you said they'll bend the rules for other things but you know god forbid you do it for you know millions of dollars and people and and families for hunting but i i uh, you you went on a couple um you've been on a few i said th- well i know you went on i think you went on one sheep hunt with the lancasters uh and the kuyu guys at one point didn't you i think like three years ago maybe uh yeah i've, I've you know I, I did uh let's see a bunch. I've been up to Gundahoo, uh, done, uh, let's see, man, Qu- quite a few. <laughs> yeah, Gundahoo, so many you're, uh, you're forgetting. <laughs> I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to re- remember them all. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I've just had a great time. I mean, that's, that's sort of like my happy place. Like I said, that's, that's where I go on vacation. You know, most people go to the beach, like, like drop me off with a pack and I'll see you in 14 days kind of thing. Um, you know, so. Uh, I love that. But, yeah, no, I've hunted with a bunch of those outfitters. You know, McMillan River. Um, oh, man. Uh, like, I, like I said, you know, six, seven times up there uh, for various things. Uh, Arctic Red, uh, Arctic Stone. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I know the area well. I, I love it up there. It's my happy place. And, you know, also happy over in Alaska. Yeah, I tell you, at some point in time, if you if you need to go hide in the middle of nowhere, you need to come down and uh, and, and and hunt our dad with us uh, down in South Texas in the Davis. I, I think I actually sent you a message. I'm like, dude, you'll be totally hidden because there's no one here. I promise. Um, as far as um, uh, hiding, I guess obviously you're not exactly you're you're not going to be able to walk anywhere and and someone not recognize you, which has got to be. Um, a bit of a pain in the ass sometimes, I'm sure, but well, dude, no, but no, I, I've solved that. I'm going to be the last, last masker in the world. <laughs> like, I'm going to be the dude. Like, they're like, oh, look at that liberal clown still wearing a mask in like 15 years. I'm going to be. It's just so they leave me the fuck alone. Like, <laughs> like, so I'm going to be the guy on an airplane wearing a mask for like the next 20 years. Like, I may never ever not wear a mask again in those situations. Everywhere else, like, care less. Yeah, um, no, no kidding. But. But it, it, it is not because of the supposed medicinal value of the bat. It's just for anonymity, which is always nice sometimes. Yeah, no, no kidding. Well, well you're more than welcome to come down at, at any time and hang with us, and, and it's just three rednecks and you, so you're more than welcome. Let me know if you ever want to come down I, and I'd whack it I'd love to do that. I, I've been invited so many times down to do the Audad thing. I haven't been able to do it. I've, you know, I've done the Sonora thing for mule deer and, uh, you know, and sheep and everything, but uh, that that is the one, and everyone I know that does it a lot, like just says it, it's awesome and it's sort of great to be able to do, you know, it, it's a sheep hunt where you're not committed for like three weeks, which is 
you know, also kind of nice when you have a crazy schedule. Oh yeah, for for sure. Yeah, you'll have to give it a whirl. Try it with the with the stick bow. It, it it is super fun, and and it is a hunt. That's one thing that's nice where we're at in the oh, Davis yeah. Mountains. It, it I, I some of the people that come down there and hunt, I think they have that false uh, kind of uh, hill country feeder notion, and then they get down there and get their ass kicked because it's um it's it's steeper than shit in the Davis. I mean, it's super cool. And and if you've been in a Sonora, I mean, you know you know what it is. It's the animals don't just lay there and say shoot me. You actually do have to go hunting. So it's cool. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Well, man, um, well, let me know. We'll make it happen, man. Yeah, no, we'll get it. We'll get it figured out for sure. Um, man, we've hit an hour. I could keep you on here all day asking you questions, but I don't, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I, I really appreciate you, you know, hopping on the podcast, everything you're doing. Um, you know, obviously you, you take a, a black eye constantly for sticking up for what you believe in, but man, there's a lot of supporters out there and, and I'm definitely one of them as well as Frank. So we want to thank you for hopping on here. Yeah. Thank you. I, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much for having me. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do it again, and uh, we'll talk hunting some more even next time, whatever we want to cover that you didn't feel he covered this time. No, de- definitely. And, uh, yeah, anything you need as far as promotion on the, you know, the field ethos thing, uh, you know, let us know. We're more than happy. I, I, I pay attention to it, and you guys, uh, good cause, heading in the right direction. So, yeah, let us know, yeah, and we're just, more than happy. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, no, like I said, it's just a, you know, a bunch of guys all, you know, Alan Bowen and, Mike Scobie and like just real accomplished guys and they get it. And I mean, we were literally just friends for years and we've hunted together all and we we're just like, dude, there, there's no one like sort of having fun with this stuff anymore. Like everyone's taking themselves so damn seriously and like, you know, justifying like every aspect of why they hunt. It's like, let's just like bring back a little bit of the old school. And it's, it's, it's been sort of awesome and just a lot of fun projects to work on. And I, you know, I think we'll end up doing some pretty cool stuff with it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm glad I, I I follow it and it looks good, man. So everybody, actually, why don't you tell uh, where they can go find it? Uh, what what they need to look for, like uh, on Instagram, is it's Field Ethos Journal, correct? Yeah, Field Ethos Journal on Instagram, and we're gonna actually you know work on you know start cranking out a you know sort of a uh, an actual print publication with there as well, and you know you follow along, just you know fun stories like it's guys who hunt, but we're also having fun, and it doesn't seem like you know that exists in so much of the people out there that are talking about hunting these days, it's like everything's about justification of this and woke this and that and the other. And I was like, man, it just doesn't feel like any hunting camp I've ever been in. And that's what this is about, man. It's about being around the campfire with your buddies. Uh, you know, we're going to have some fun with it. Cool, cool. Well, everybody go check it out again. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, man. And, and good luck with your season. Thank you, guys. You as well. Have a good one. And uh, I look forward to getting together soon. Sounds good. Take it easy.